This is episode 189 of the Fearless Launching Show. Today, we're talking all about systems and why creative entrepreneurs, you need them, you probably crave them, and even if your eyes glaze over at the word system, you so desperately should put some into place so you can spend more time doing what you really want to be doing, creating your art. So hang on, let's do this. Hi, I'm Ann Samoylov, and I've helped some of the biggest online entrepreneurs and business owners have successful six and seven figure product launches. By working in the trenches offline to produce movies, TV shows, video games, I've discovered so many different ways to launch creative ideas. And the question is, do you have to copy what your guru says in order to have a successful launch? Do you have to use their done-for-you system in order to have success, in order to achieve your goals in business? I say no. This is the Fearless Launching Show featuring myself and an ongoing cast of characters, friends who join me in discussing business, launching, life, and balancing it all and having an amazing time doing it. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back. So yes, June is about to wrap up. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the month, we're a little bit loosey-goosey about this because we've we've had a semi-series happening over in Anland over here, but it's really been more of like an internal theme that I've been focused on this month, and that is the theme of awareness. So I've been looking at how I work, how how my business offerings are, what what works for me, what doesn't, and I thought it would be great to bring in one of my longtime alum. She's a really good friend of mine now. Um, she's been in Fearless Launching. We spent the last year in the coaching program, the Message Lab together, and honestly, I I mean I, I can say this for all of my alum, but I've really learned a ton from her specifically about productivity and really optimizing your energy and using systems and some interesting known strategies for getting more done, for carving out more time and space to do the things that really light you up. And I'm not a fine artist. I'm not a photographer or a painter or a jewelry designer, but our guest today is. And I think we can learn a lot from someone who is in this more creative space, who's looking for more time in the studio from for from from a person like this who like on the surface you wouldn't think that an artist needs systems, but actually artists really need systems too and they can really help someone who's struggling to find the time to write that extra chapter or paint the sunset every single day if they want to, or just carve out even just a bit more time with whatever their creative practice is, whatever that thing is that they do. So today, Kirsten Presler, is, she is our guest, and she is the podcaster over at and head honcho at the Sparkling Creative. She's got a free Facebook community that is called that. Her podcast is called the Sparkling Creative. And she's also a jewelry designer. She also has an academy where she helps creatives um, do the business of business, but also 
how to be a working artist. And I think that she is such an interesting and different type of guest that I haven't really spoken to yet. So I'm excited to to introduce you to her and um, let's just let's just dive into this. Thanks for listening today and I'll see you on the other side of this. All right, I'm just gonna dive right in. Is that cool? Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> Kirsten, I am so glad that um, you're here with me on the Fearless Launching Show. Thank you so much for joining. And I'm so excited to just chat today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been like, um, it's so funny because in the beginning, when I actually started to turn myself into this online business world, um, your podcast has been one I've been looking up to. So it's quite an honor to be on. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I I was feeling the same way just a few weeks ago when I was on your Sparkling Creative podcast. So that's awesome. So anyway, so the reason I brought you on is because here's the deal. Like you, I don't know if you know this, I've kind of like didn't mention that's like such a boo-boo if I should have mentioned it in the last podcast but June really has been this month for me about just awareness like how I'm working what's what's working what's not working um and just kind of looking at how I do things in my business when I feel good when I feel like I can accomplish you know like when I'm being productive when I'm not very very tangible things and I thought you know, it would be great to bring you on just, first of all, you've, I feel like we, you've been in my world, you've been, you were in Fearless Launching and the Message Lab. And honestly, I just learned a ton about productivity, optimizing time. You, you always have, actually on a number of occasion, have brought that reminder back to me about optimizing my time. And um, because you took, you've taken such massive steps in that area, I really do think. Yes, and absolutely, and that um, like feeling like getting some consciousness around um, how you spend your time and stuff has really been a huge journey. I would say in the past four years since my son is born. Yeah, that'll do it, right? That'll do it. Having a kid really, and and as the child grows up and starts to develop and starts to just change and ha- need different things, then you have to be on it in order to to get your work done. Yes, and sometimes I'm really good at it. And sometimes, like today, I really suck. Today, I really forgot to pick up my son on time. <laughs> We've all been there. It's okay, Kirsten. Yeah, it's been a it's moment. Okay. Like- but I mean, like literally, I've called the school and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm picking up. Can you tell her to come to the office? Bring her to the office and I'll pick her up there. But it's it's heartbreaking when you do that because you're like, wow, I really need to fix something here. And so I'm curious then, is really that the reason why you started kind of implementing or just kind of putting together these different practices? Is that the only reason why you started to take a look at your own work? I would... (laughs) Or, or are there other that. reasons, you know? Yeah, um, I, I mean, um, before, like 2014 has been a shift year in every single area of my life, I would say, because I've been going from just living with my boyfriend to getting married mm-hmm. to having a kid, everything in one year. So it changed a lot. And um, it made things clear that I couldn't just live on my own schedule, following only my own needs that I actually had to take care of somebody else. And then also that um, time restraints really cut in and 
that you know that you need to use the time you have wisely because you can't like I have a podcast too as you mentioned and you can't record a podcast episode with a screaming toddler next to you that's just oh, yeah. impossible. not fun for everybody listening not fun for yourself not fun for the toddler so you need yeah. to well so I mean of course then I think that I think that definitely moms are are the queens in many ways, but we are the queens of having to, it's the only way we can survive if we want to do other things other than just sit and wait for our child to take a nap, to wake up, to be hungry. That's the only way we can remain human beings is to do, put these, you know, streamline whatever it is. It could be, you know, it is, you know, it's not a joke when they say, when your baby sleeps, sleep, because you have to prioritize your sleep and self-care as well. So, yeah. And, and that's a hard, I, I don't know, that's really hard to, probably you all go to your whole life to loops where you don't look at yourself um, yeah. and don't take care of yourself well. And then you need to find back to yourself and get to know yourself yeah. again, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I think so. Well, I mean, Okay, so I know being a mom is a big part of why you basically started to layer on these different things and put these different practices, I'm not going to call them the S word, the systems yet, but the practices <laughs> in place. Um, but, you know, I found it very interesting to also see that you were using tools that didn't, on the surface anyways, look very, like the the... Well, the one thing that I haven't said as we were talking, but in the intro I did say is that you're also an artist, so you yeah. need time for that creative expression and to create your actual art, right? Yeah. Yes, I need a lot of studio time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm a painter, probably wise to say here, and a jewelry designer. So I need to work with my hands. I need to spend a lot of time in the studio. In my process, part of it is waiting because I work with a ton of water and water needs to try and it's not just going to disappear just because I wanted to. So I really need to be in the studio and work on things every single day in order to move them forward. Because if I wait a day, I lose the day, mm -hmm. which exactly. is um, something you need to, every creative has a different process. So probably if you're a graphic designer, those kind of things don't matter so much for you, but for me, it really matters. So I need to be structured around my studio time, but I also, um, in order to have enough time to be in the studio, I need to be really structured about the business side of things. Because yeah. I'm I, just curious, were you always like this? Were you always really clearly like, okay, my painting, there's a process. Do you think, I mean, I feel like just from the creatives and uh, artists actually that I know, in Fearless Launching and just, you know, I'm thinking of a few key people. They all do have their own processes as well for what they're creating, even though they might have not have water. So I'm wondering, did you always have the inclination that you like you needed some way to some system, you know? I would have never called them systems and I yeah. would have never admitted that there is a structure to the madness. Yeah. But I think if you look back and just observe how I did things yes there have been structures and there have been systems but um I mean I started my business still being in in art school so I always had someone else say 
how I need to structure my day and how I need to structure yeah. the time I have at hand. So actually with the moment um, 2014, I actually also finished art school. So that was also the moment oh when <laughs> it broke away that someone else structured my day. And mm-hmm. um, so it really, now it, it really gets clear now when I talk to you, um, it really broke everything that I had broke away. And there was this new phase where I actually had to figure out how to make things happen without um, sacrificing um, being a good mother, yeah. um, without sacrificing um, a marriage, even though it was just, it's like uh, a new one, but you can even screw that one up. Um so yeah, it's it's been really. It's interesting, respect. actually. As you're talking about it, I realize that the this conversation is really really great for anybody who has who might might even still be in a day job of any kind. Like when you have that external structure in place, it actually is easy to then kind of fit in other things because that structure kind of doesn't move, and you can. You can fit in your art. You can fit in this. It, you know You know when you need a babysitter if, let's say, you have childcare or whatever. But once some of those things disappear and you're the one structuring your time, that's when things can kind of go a little haywire. Yes, and it's, it's, I feel, still feel it hard because uh-huh. um, right now, I mean, my husband leaves with my son and brings him to um, school. And then I'm all on my own at home. And... Um, if I don't guard myself, I could just as good, um, instead of going into the studio or into my office, go back to bed. Like nobody would know. <laughs> nobody would know. <laughs> nobody would know. So, um, yes, there, oh. those kind of things need to be in place. And for me, it's um, partially about goal setting because um, you need to know what you're going for in order to make it happen. And in the beginning, I... Like 2014, I didn't do it as well. I did it as well as I could have done because um, I wasn't really clear on my goals because I didn't even know how I would change from having a brick and mortar studio, which I had before my son came, and um, being an art student into okay, now I'm going to do this all in an online version. Yeah, which I had to learn. It's like learning a new language transferring your offline business into an online one even though it was already I was already a year into having one but it, it's still a whole different thing and yeah that's been interesting transition and I had to learn it the hard way because um, <laughs> I was really depressed at the end of 2015 because I didn't hit my goals I, I was nowhere cle- near my goals I didn't even finished creating my website and getting new clients yeah I think maybe I had one or two I don't know it hasn't been a lot and I've been really frustrated about that and so I made the commitment to change and to actually set goals and then broke those goals down into things I need to get done and in order to manage those and know when to do what I had to have something to dump my brain into and that's when you, is that when you started using Trello? Um, Trello, yes. yeah. So I'm still um, big in a paper planner. I need it. I need the pen touches paper thing. But in order to keep things, 
visual and up to date all the time and now have someone else go into things too, um, I need Trello because you can move things around easily and you don't spend time on rewriting and rewriting the same thing over and over because you want to put it on a different place. You can just grab the card and move it. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, what you've, what you kind of have like painted so far, this picture of is that you had, you know, the painting and the jewelry making, you started creating your online business pieces like website, probably started being more active on social media, started yeah. doing, you know, and I know you've got other things. I think you have a membership. Yes. But, um, in 2014-15, when I started this whole journey, yeah. um, I was only doing my paintings and, and teaching other people how to run a creative business. So it wasn't yet under the name The Sparkling Creative, Interesting. Um, but I already had people, um, I've been in 2013, when I started my business, teaching on Dutch universities, um, social media marketing and online marketing and all those um, businessy related things but only for art students and design students interesting but you still had I, I mean from from what you're saying though I mean I would think that I mean do you run across a lot of people in your community who are kind of have these different layers in a similar way that you do or are yeah. they just straight up artists right now um, now, I, I don't know if they also teach something else, but um, most of them not only are artists, but they also have a jewelry line or not or a different design thing they also do. Or they also work with people um, helping them design their house or whatever. So if yeah. most creatives have different streams of income yeah. that um, on the first side don't match up to maybe be one business, but... If you combine it smartly, like I did, you can actually have it as one business. Okay, so that's that's good. So I I I knew that like you would have a lot to say here, especially, and I and I know that you probably speak a lot about this to your your community, but I I thought it was really interesting to to see that. Um, I mean, my perception of let's say a creative, uh, like a fine artist was that there was no thought of structure. And I do think there is, because the more more people that I do talk to, instead of just assuming, the more um, artists that I speak to, they actually crave, maybe you craved this, you crave that structure. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I feel like the only way to overcome the starving artistness, which is something I talk about a lot, is to actually embrace systems, organization, and the business side of things. Because um, nobody will buy your creative work when you're just in your studio hiding and nobody knows about you. Exactly. You, just, you need to be visible. You need to um, see this not only as a hobby, which is totally fine. You don't need to sell your paintings. You don't need to sell the graphic design work you do. That's not necessary. But then it's a hobby and not a business. And if you want to make this your creative profession, then you actually need to see it also embrace the business part and the organization part and the systems, because especially as someone that needs to work um, in our, like we can't, I, I can't outsource someone else making my paintings. Mm -hmm. I will always have to yeah. be um, the one painting. Yes, I can have someone prep the papers. I can have someone buy me my materials, all those things, um, clean the studio, 
all those things someone else can do, but nobody can do the painting for me. Yeah. So we need to keep the time we spend in the studio sacred. So we need to make sure to have systems in place for the other things so they won't take up all the time. Because being honest, running a business, that act and creative business, means that I <laughs> don't spend most of my time in the studio. Yeah. Yep. Which is something that you need to choose for. And if you don't want to choose for that, then um, go get a job in something that pays well and have your hobby. Yeah. And, you know, and then, yeah, exactly. Let your day job pay for your hobby or your <laughs> non-paying. It's not a business, though, at that point. So I think you're right. Um, so what were some of the early things that you did to to kind of start streamlining your work or when did it really take because right now because when I kind of came into seeing what you were doing it was mostly I remember you talking about the podcast last year but it didn't start there did it um no, you no, no, putting no. your I, ideas I, in Trello you said that part I mean you have played a big role into getting systems into place and um through fearless launching because even though it's all about launching mm -hmm. um i've seen how you created just checklists and systems and things that make it easy to reproduce what you already have created once yep. and that really inspired me because i thought like oh i have <laughs> right here i have a uh, paper and on there are all the emails that i need to send out for a specific thing and hey let's be honest when i create that specific uh, those specific emails once i could use the ones i have written as a template for the next round yep exactly so um, that has been actually the start of it and um i'm always improving those systems right now everything is in trello in the beginning i tried to um have word documents with emails um got really really chaotic quickly <laughs> So um, that didn't work well, but now I just have, um, like, I'm now looking at my Trello board. So I have a Trello board for all my to-dos. And if I go there, I really have my to-dos for this week, next week. Um, right now I have six weeks in advance. And yes, there is not everything on because something like shipping orders, I don't need to ship orders when I don't have orders. Right, so, <laughs> right, exactly. Like those kind of items um, that uh, don't need to be in that planning already, but some things you already know that you're going to do in six weeks. So that is my to-do list when I need to know what to do next. I go there, I know what to get done this week, and I know what I need to get done next week so I can work ahead if I have done what I had to do. And then I have for every single product I have, I have <laughs> one card and there are promo emails in there and there are drafts in there there are written out there are uh, posted ones like published ones in there and I can always use them as a template and work with them and yeah it gets better and better over time I don't yeah. know how much time I spend restructuring my Trello boards and I don't know how much time I will spend on them in the future but yeah. the better my system gets the more productive I am. Does it help you? Do you have a board? You said you have a board for your products. Do you have one to help you kind of create products? Yeah, I have. Um, I have brain dump boards. I have. Um, I have one board that is called "Buy When You Have a Second Kid." <laughs> so 
that gives you the range of boards I have. So, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> and then I know that you also have a podcast. Yes. Board. That is one of the more complex boards. Right. So um, I am a podcast batcher. <laughs> Batching is so amazing. And Kirsten, you are literally the only person who it really got stuck in my brain to keep doing, keep pushing, keep trying to get there. Get like it's not going to be perfect just yet. And just just focus on trying to batch. It, your life will be easier. So. Yes, and I, I, I struggle with a lot of, like, um, I'm still not perfect with everything to batch. Like, right now, the podcast batching is under control, but let's not talk about sending my emails. Mm -hmm. Like, the only emails that really get sent out every single week are the podcast ones, because that is part of my podcast publishing scheduling process. Mm. <laughs> so, um, I have, like, um, steps that go into making my podcast, and maybe that helps um, if I just talk yeah. a bit about them yeah because why not you can just see okay that is for a podcast but you can probably just create the same thing for whatever it is you do <laughs> so um I actually have my podcast editorial calendar first of all on paper which is good because I have it in my purse all the time when I go wherever and when I have an idea I just write it into an open spot that I have in my schedule and right now I have planned until the end of this year um oh my goodness so all ideas i have and all guests that will come on after today are going to be in 2019 interesting um so yeah i have it in there and on this list for the editorial calendar i know which episode it is so um directly when i write down the idea um i have the episode number the date it's going to get out um the title those are not the titles that I'm actually publishing, but it's like a working title. Yeah. For example, for you, um, I just have interview N in, in there. It's not <laughs> the title the episode is going to have. That, that's what's on mine too, interview Kirsten. Exactly. But I know <laughs> what it means. Yes. Um, then I have um, some check marks I can set for um, the show notes are done. It's recorded. It's edited. In, no, I have the notes done. Notes are actually um, for my solo episodes. I write notes for me to know what to talk about. Um, then I have recorded, edited, show notes done, and scheduled. Nice. And so, I always need to check them. Yes. If it's done. A because question. then I always have an I have a question. How far yeah. in advance do you record? Like, do you batch, like, like six months worth and, like, a day or something what is what is your how do you batch the recordings and and just okay, so briefly how does that impact you know, like does that give you like if you know every six months you're, or every quarter you're going to record x number of episodes have you kind of looked at that and, at, after you've started doing that a few times and you see that it actually gives you more studio time because I know that that's what we were talking about before absolutely yes and it gives me not only more studio time, it gives me more headspace because yeah. when I know I have them recorded and done and scheduled and I don't need to touch it at all. Like I don't even need to touch the emails that go out every week that say, hey, new podcast episode, check it out here. Uh, it's all about, I don't know, uh, batching. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, then I don't have to think about it 
at all. Um, and I have marked a place in my calendar when I know I need to, right now is the place in, in June, where I need to start thinking about coming up with the next batch, which I already have. And now I'm writing the notes and preparing a whole week of podcast recording. Nice. So you, t you take a week and kind of do that whole process. Yes. And then I will record 50 episodes. Oh, my goodness. A bit less. No, it's not 50. Let's not be crazy. And they're not all um, interviews, sorry. right? They're not all interviews. Some of them are the solo episodes, you said, right? Exactly. So there are 30 episodes that need to get uh, that I want to get done in July, but half of them are interviews, which I just do whenever my guest has time in my schedule. Um, nice. So those happen ongoing, and I only batch the solo episodes. Got it, got it. And some of them are 10 minutes, some of them are one and a half hours. <laughs> you say that with a little bit of shame. But seriously, that that is amazing. Now, now being a mom... Now, I know we're going into this this whole, the podcast batching, but I think it's a good example of just how you can take one piece of whatever it is that you do, whether it's blogging or making videos or podcasting or whatever, and you can actually just set a specific time aside. And I know lots of people who do it this way, by the way, um, and it works really well for them. But I'm curious then, so... Tell me like the life part of this system. Like how do you, what do you do with your husband and your, your child during this time? Um, so right now we're now, the last time I batched, my son wasn't yet in school. So I had to ship him off for a week <laughs> with my husband to my um, parents-in-law. <laughs> oh my goodness. That must've been, well, he, that, that's okay. Your husband got some support from the grand, grandparents. Yeah, and he's pretty cool. Like, um, he can manage everything on his own. He's, like, I don't know. Um, I think he deals better when I'm not there. <laughs> I think that's the case no matter what. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so, um, no, they were totally fine, and I recorded and recorded and did the show notes. And um, the first time I batched, um, I had to figure out – I have been a bit stupid because I, but that's the thing. When you do things first time, um, you never know how things work. So right now I know that I need to record an episode and right after it, before I stop, take a break or anything, write the show notes and put in all the links I've mentioned because oh, wow. then I still know wow. and I don't need to listen back to the episode. Yep, for sure. And I love it. I also edit the episode because I then also, um, I set markers during my recording. So whenever, I don't know, I need to call or whatever things happen yeah. when you record, um, I set a marker and then I just go back and edit it right away. But I only go back to the spots where I set a marker because I know the rest is good. That's great. So okay. I spend like for an hour episode, I spend like five minutes editing. Um, but that's because I came up with the system that when I record that I set markers, whatever I screw up and it's just a push with my mouse. It's nothing, nothing fancy. You could also just clap in your hands because then you see in your audio yeah. recording. You yeah. See you see the wave go boop. Exactly. Yeah. So um, those kind of things um, you have to figure out, but I figured them out. Yeah. <laughs> and now I write the show notes right away and um, have the editing and, then I take a break and then export it because that takes a moment and that gives me a moment to take a break, drink something because <laughs> like every, <water>. time, <laughs> every time 
time I do the podcast recording, batching at the end, I have a bit of a sore throat um, after a week of talking because mm. I'm normally not so talkative. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So, um, yeah. So then I need a lot of um, tea. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, I mean, this, I want to, I want to just kind of interject here that you know, for anybody who's listening and thinking, wow, these are a lot of steps, this is kind of overwhelming. I think now would be a good time to kind of come back and really talk about yourself as a creative and as an artist, because I, I, I don't want people to lose sight that you're not just someone who is managing people's podcasts and doing all the things. You're actually a working artist. You're someone who, who thrives on that on that creative time. And so I think it's important to, to kind of talk about maybe a little bit about how this has impacted you um, and how you kind of, what being an artist really means to you and why, why these systems really are so important for you to put into place. Okay. So why I have those systems is because it gives me brain space. Yeah. Um, I know what to do and it's just a do this, do that, do that, done, check. Yeah. ready to go, don't need to think about it anymore, um, can think about more important things. And that's, I think, the most important thing. And every now and then I actually have someone, like, um, sketching. I don't do that anymore. Um, I now have a checklist where it's standing, like, okay, upload file into Libsyn, um, add the show notes, add the linking, set the date, the release date, um, publish, copy the code, go into Squarespace, create the post from the template that is already created because you don't need to start from scratch every single freaking time. <laughs> Annoying. Um, do those, I don't know, 20 steps, click on publish here, set the date, the release date, and it's all done. Then go into ConvertKit and schedule the email. So those kind of things, when you have those systems, you can just hand it off. Right. And someone else does it. And you don't need to think about it because they can't screw up because they just need to check a box when they have done one step. And that's the important thing. You grow back so much to your time, even if you do it yourself, because you don't need to figure things out every single time you do it. Yeah. It's more efficient every single time. Because in the beginning, I didn't write my show notes right away, which meant I had to listen back to every single podcast episode that I had created. Talk about time wasted. Yeah. So yeah. it really gives me back the time to do my studio work. And also it um, takes out the thinking and I can have my thinking and decision space for choosing the right colors and thinking about how I can work with a specific materials, which is challenging me right now. Mm. And yeah, that is really giving me the freedom to have time to experiment. Or wondering how you're going to convince your husband that you want one of the, like, the, there's one that you have up on your wall in your bedroom. <laughs> remember, yeah. I remember seeing you put it up there. It's like, I love this so much. It's whatever is on your wall. I don't know what medium it is. It's a huge uh, handmade paper with yeah. a painting on it. And then it's like wallpaper to the wall. Yeah. But like, you probably wouldn't have had time to really kind of think out, like, there, there, there is a creative process, even just figuring out like, oh yeah, that part of the room there, yeah. that wall. <laughs> and it's also a process of figuring out how it will actually stick to the wall because that hasn't, <laughs> exactly. hasn't been so straightforward as I had hoped. Yeah. 
it's been kind of struggle. Yes, those kind of things. And um, my husband is crazy supportive, even though he he loves my work, but he doesn't like the fact that I put a huge pink painting in our bedroom. See, I I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I think so too. Every time I go into the bedroom, I'm really happy that you're it's like, <gasps> oh. Yeah, I really love it. I think it makes the room. Um, yeah, but my husband would have loved it more in a more masculine color scheme. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, that's, that's okay, something. though. So I, mean, I, I personally <laughs> love this, Kirsten, because um, honestly, I've had a lot of st stops and starts in the batching department just because of things happening in my life, but, it, and I'm, I'm back on it now, but it has definitely taken a while to really get to a point. Like for instance, this specific episode is not batched because we had a technical issue with, a, with one specific episode that was going to go up. And then I was like, you know what? I would rather, I, I, instead of like trying to hustle to like reschedule that, I already have this one scheduled with Kirsten. I want to talk about this. I think this is a, a great kind of topic and it just it just was perfectly fit but I can tell you that when batching works how I feel is just like oh I don't have to worry about that oh I can go yeah, do this awesome. but everybody screws up like I have yeah. episode 40 it's still not up there we're now at episode I think um what are we um 44 <laughs> Um, it's still not up. It's an interview that I need to um, do with my husband. And apparently every guest to get on is easier than my husband. <laughs> apparently. So, <laughs> that one is still missing. Um, That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, so it's, it, but it does definitely make you, like, when if you can try batching with literally any piece of your business, you find yourself, like, for me, what was happening was that every week I was feeling like that's my job. And so I actually spent more time, I think, than I needed to on it um, for that yeah. individual week. And then nothing else could fit in because of like the flex, like the flux fluctuation of my my external personal life. Um, it was really difficult honestly. And I was like, what else can yeah. I do besides get this podcast to my editor and have them do the show notes? That's all I can get accomplished. And so, yeah, like, I mean, you're, um, as I uh, see it, you're the main caretaker um, yeah. of Mida. So um, you're there when she breaks her arm, you're the one figuring out how yeah. to take care of her. When she's off from um, summer break, you're it's the me. one at home and um i'm the same which really made it necessary because um like three-year-olds get sick like all the freaking time mm -hmm. for sure it's like it's been eight weeks in winter where we had like the flu on and off on and off on and off oh my goodness and for those kind of times i need to bash and let's just say when um you you also been through the 90 year um 90, 90 year, year yep and um, there's also, he talks about um, focusing on one thing at a time makes you go through it quicker, more productive, and figure out um, challenges easily. And that's so true. Or not easily, but faster, at least. Yeah. And uh, that's so true. And I, I experience the same. So I am better in 
batching and focusing on the podcast for a week or two and get it out of my way. And, and then I have all the time to actually focus on the next big project. Is it um, my academy or um, is it um, some, I don't know, quiz right now. I'm working on a quiz to put out there for um, my right. audience. So, um, I can focus on those kind of things. And my day is already split in half because I only have half the time for the businessy side. So I need to be really efficient about that part because the other half is always dedicated to being in the studio. Always. Yep. yep. And yeah, that's really important. And I also even put in systems in the studio because how often, like if you're product-based business, I know there are probably not so many people in the audience, but that really probably brings a point home with the creators. Yeah. Um, you take um, materials out of your um, storage and at the end you don't remember after a couple of weeks when you need to buy new materials that you actually took it and then there comes the time you need it and it's not there. Right, right. So um, systems can be as easy as sticking a notebook and a pen <laughs> on your storage space and just writing down whenever you take the last of something out. Yeah, it's taking inventory. <laughs> yeah, and it's super easy. It doesn't need to have a fancy-pancy system. It can just be a pen and a paper that you stick to that area so it actually stays there. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely, it's, um, you know, I, I actually am, I even though sometimes it's challenging with being a mom, being an entrepreneur, um, it is also good because it actually gives me that structure in a way that I don't get from a job. Like there is a human being that needs you to feed them, to clothe them, to go outside, you know, to do all the things. Um, yeah. And your, your breaks are set. It's yes, like they absolutely. go in the morning, they come back in the afternoon and yeah. then you need to take care of them. You can't just say, oh, hi. And success uh have fun <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly well that's yeah that's exactly it that's that's definitely it so really i mean i i know that we kind of talked mostly about like systems and why they're like really my goal for today was really just to encourage anyone who you know is feeling kind of a little bit strung out doesn't really feel like they get enough done doesn't feel like maybe they're making any progress even in their business i think that even with a, like a few key systems of things that like, if you just look around your life and look at things that seem to feel more like a job and it could be because they're things that could use a checklist and a clear system of how you're going to do them every single time. Yeah. I would just start looking at what you do every freaking day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and you're like, yeah, I need a system for this. And and challenge yourself, even if don't call it a system, if it drives you crazy, because I know <laughs> that word makes I mean, I have a friend, Catherine, and I think every time I say the word system, her eyes glaze over. But I can see I but here's what I see, knowing that I see her do her work and she's a fine art photographer that I see she has systems and she might just yeah. not call them that. Yes, and um, you can just call it a list. Yes. If that helps. <laughs> um, a reminder. 
Yes. Yeah, Do it, it call it whatever you want. And you know what? I yeah. wanted to make sure that I send them over to you if you, cause I feel like you do talk about this, um, on the, on your podcast. And I feel like I've heard you talk about this before too. So, I mean, I don't even know, what do you teach in your academy? So, um, the academy is actually for visual creatives. So everyone that is creating something visual, that doesn't need to be, um, uh, like a product and an and analog product. It can be a digital thing you create. You could be a stylist, whatever, but it is for visual creatives. So artists, designers, those kind of people. And we talk about growing a sparkling creative business, one that actually allows you to live the creative life you imagined to have and to actually overcome the stopping arts this myth, myth. Because I am really really convinced that we as creatives can all make a living from our passion we don't need to be um in debt or struggling to pay our rent that's not necessary just need to embrace some mindset stuff which is something i am talking more and more about because i feel like that made the biggest shift yeah. and some um, business knowledge and strategies and i know strategies are not the favorite of creatives but um as i said a system can already be a paper and a pen you pin on your um storage space so strategies can be as simple as yes. that yeah. <laughs> that is a strategy putting a notebook next to your supply drawer or whatever that's a strategy exactly. So, so it, it, it doesn't need to be complicated. And I think um, something we as creatives need to get over with, come, yeah, get over is um, being afraid of businessy words. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, we don't come, come out of a corporate setting where they all throw around those fancy, fancy words. And probably 90% of the people have no idea what they actually mean. Um, <laughs> we can get over that and just except that there are words like strategies and productivity and we can embrace them and systems in a way where we don't sell our soul where and we optimize just our, <laughs> yeah where we don't lose our freedom um but they will actually help us to make money because yeah. that is something we all need to do and if you really want to serve someone you don't give your art away for free because then they don't appreciate it as much as if they actually pay for it that's right. I love this. I love this conversation, Kirsten. Um, how can how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? Where should they go? So um, you can just go to kerstinpressler.com and I know you put the link in the show notes. Yes, I will. I'll put the link Don't in the show notes. Well. <laughs> and um, there you can just put the forward slash community or... Um, yeah, forward slash community, and you can get to the Facebook community, the Sparkling Creative um, Facebook community. Um, over on Instagram, you can find me through um, Kirsten Pressler um, or the Sparkling Creative, which is like the tagline. So maybe. just look for Sparkling Creative over there. Yes, exactly. And uh, over on iTunes, it's also the Sparkling Creative. I love it. Well, Kirsten, thanks for, for jumping on today. I'm going to probably put a few more like of my, I'm going to put links to some of my favorite episodes of the Sparkling Creative so people can <laughs> just jump right over to those as well. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always love to talk to you. (laughs) This was great. And I am so excited uh, to, like, I feel like I need to, like, to get a little bit better, you put me back on the batching track again. And now, even though I'm not like a fine artist, I, I still consider myself a creative. And so I'm I'm excited to do that now. I'm excited to like be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a learning curve. It's an ongoing kind of process. So, all right. Have a great day and thanks again for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kirsten. If you want to find out where to find her and get to know her or leave her a comment, make sure to head over to the show notes over at ansamoylove.com forward slash 189. And there'll be links to all of her social media, to her podcast, to some of my favorite episodes on her podcast, and any of the resources and tools that we talked about in today's episode. I want to thank you for joining me during June just because it was a little bit of an experiment for myself. And I think I might actually have to carry, I'm not going to carry it over in the podcast, but I'll be thinking about this topic specifically that we talked about today. Um, Going into July, I mean, summer is that perfect time to, to think about systems and to think about what we're doing and how we're doing things in our business. And are we really getting to where we want to be? Um, So I'm excited for that. But I want to hear from you today. I would love it if you would head over to the blog at ansamoylove.com forward slash 189 and leave me a message. Leave us a message. Leave leave a comment. Let me know if you like this conversation, if you want more of these conversations. I think next week on on the docket, we've got another alum of Fearless Launching and the Message Lab, actually. Um, but she's got a completely different type of business. She is an artist, but she's uh, she's more of a designer, a web designer, and she's got some amazing stuff to share. So I can't wait to introduce you to her too. Uh, have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next week.